We want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded, and this area's original name is Nam. We pay respect to them and their elders, past, present and emerging. Ooh, it's the little podcast, babe. I have just started listening to music. Hand a fluffer, like it's very specific. There's no reason you can't have a cult focused on garlic bread. Oh, with the boys. With, 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 you ate it. It tasted like you were eating poison. Yeah, you're right there, darling. First of all, that's not standard issue. Astronaut wear. Aren't you? Yeah, other people. I know what other people are, Annie. Oh my God. Tuck it into your waistband. It can sometimes be seen at the top of the waistband being like, you would be the most annoying ghost. You know what? I'd like to be better at bringing my cat into work in a sneaky way. Chicken, where do you get your protein from? I don't even know why I call you my best friend. You're listening to We Want To Be Better, the socially conscious, upskilling comedy podcast hosted by me, Bianca Izalovsky. And me, Annie Nolan. And I did that from memory that time. That was very impressive and I think you're showing <laughs> off at this point. <laughs> Just doing a little bit of show voting. So today's episode, we have a guest on, a life coach. Her name mm. is Lucy Quick and she runs a sobriety course called Thrivalist Sobriety, which starts next week. And there's going to be a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. It's an eight-week course. We also have a code for you if you want to get 10% off, which is WW2BB. The number two. In the, the number two. Of that. Yeah, yep. the number two. This episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we just, um, I, I'm very excited for this episode to come out. But holy shit. So we were meant to, can I just say, this episode was meant to be talking to a life coach about life coaching, sort of interviewing them about what life coaching is and, you know, discussing what it's meant to be. Yeah. Not actually me getting life coach. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, we were going to do like, yeah, she's like, well, maybe we'll do a little bit of a life coaching and, um, yeah, we just put Annie on the spot to get some life coaching. And I'm not joking when I say this. I blanked out. I was so deep into the life coaching. So I don't really know what it's going to sound like at this point. But like, holy shit, Annie bared her soul. <laughs> oh, fuck you. No, it's so oh, good. It's so good. I got quite, oh, yeah, I got quite vulnerable, I suppose. Yeah, you have gotten vulnerable, which is brave. Oh, it's not. Now it is brave. Shut up. It was no. Okay, now I take it back. It wasn't. It wasn't brave. It was just like I forgot that we were recording. I would say <laughs> that this is one of the most vulnerable episodes we've done actually. Oh, you wow. For you. No. For you. I have done a lot more than this. I don't know. I I just feel a little bit embarrassed. Is what I feel. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. That's what, what, well, I mean, I've heard of the term life coach before, but I never understood what it was. And so we're really grateful to have Lucy on, who's going to talk to us about it. Let's just get straight into it. So this is Lucy Quick. She's a life and sobriety coach. She helps busy, super stressed women using alcohol and other harmful coping mechanisms to relax, to finally break the cycle and get control back. Her mission is to help clients develop a deep and loving connection with themselves, get control of their lives back by building long-lasting positive habits and behaviours to live your most vibrant, healthy and rewarding life. And Annie, you're about to start that journey, so (laughs) let's... 
Okay, so we have Lucy here with us. Hi, Lucy. How are you doing? Hi, girls. I'm so well. How are you? <laughs> yeah, good. Now, you're just good. about to launch Thrivalist Sobriety Course. Mm-hmm. I assume yep, you're in- that's right. Yeah, I assume you're incredibly busy at the moment. <laughs> so busy. It's out of control. So it launches next Wednesday, the 1st of July. So yeah, it's very exciting. It's an exciting course because it's, I mean, you're doing things that I've not even heard of before. It is. It's such an amazing course. So it's run over eight weeks. We're targeting women who have a bad relationship with alcohol and are looking to kind of up-level their life, either get sober or control their alcohol through mm-hmm. moderation. And what we do is over the eight weeks is we really kind of go through the journey of understanding alcohol and addiction, understanding why we drink to numb, tapping into our real kind of higher power and building that deep, beautiful, loving connection with ourselves so that we don't need to numb anymore. So it's a really beautiful beautiful course and yeah just so excited to get started with it yeah it sounds amazing now I I mean obviously you know that we're sober you're also sober (laughs) yes I certainly am did you have a rock bottom moment yourself I had a pretty bad rock bottom moment the end of 2018 I had my dark soul of the night or my kind of I guess I hit my rock rock bottom after a very destructive I guess nearly 15 year relationship with alcohol so all through my teens all through my 20s all through my early 30s I was a very bad bad drinker I used to drink to numb emotions I used to drink to celebrate I used to drink to commiserate And I had two kids. So it wasn't until I had my second child that I kind of really hit this rock bottom. And it was after a Christmas day. And I've never actually been drunk on a Christmas day before. So it was 2018 Christmas day, blacking out and waking up the next day to an alert on my phone saying that my Uber account had been deactivated. And I honestly hadn't even remembered being in an Uber that day. So, yeah, that was my rock bottom moment. And um, what did you do in that? What happened in that? And I I don't actually know. I honestly, and I'm actually scared to say this because I'm hoping that there's not going to be some kind of like webcam um, release or something. Taxi cab confessions. Oh, wow. I know. So, anyway, look, there was a whole bunch of things that led up to that moment, but that was the moment. I had two beautiful kids. I was in at that point what I kind of thought was an okay marriage. Everything was going well with my career. Why was I drinking so destructively? Mm. And essentially, I was potentially going to ruin my life. And so I decided to quit alcohol and I got really deep with myself and started journaling my experience and essentially had a breakdown over about six months of just like losing my shit completely and it was in those moments of losing my shit and kind of falling on the ground and, and crying and, and rocking back and forth. I know that sounds really dramatic, but it actually happened. Um, where we I love dramatic. Realized. Don't, yeah, don't, don't stress. <laughs> like, I mean. It was in those moments where I realized and I could recognize the things that I needed to heal. And then I came out of those moments so much more kind of progressed on my healing journey than before. So yeah, when I stopped numbing with alcohol, I did the deep healing work over about six to 12 months and essentially became so obsessed with understanding alcohol, understanding why I drank the way that I drank and why I had pretty much kind of fucked up my 20s and nearly half of my 30s by abusing alcohol and at some times drugs as well. And really understanding this and then kind of tapping into the true essence of who I was by creating 
a beautiful daily practice. So the daily practice was every morning I'd get up and I would sit and I'd light a candle and I would meditate. At the start, I would be trying to meditate. And obviously it's not the kind of thing you can just pick up quickly. It took time to get there. But in those moments of meditation, I developed this really strong connection with my higher power or Mm -hmm. my kind of essence and realized that, you know, this girl I had been when I was sort of 14 and began my binge drinking journey had been completely neglected. And I, you know, got wrapped up in this life using myself for so long. And I really had to go back to that girl, that 14-year-old girl, and sort of allow her to to mature and develop and grow over, you know, it was about a six-month period. So, yeah, it was in that those moments that I also realised that as a teenager, I always wanted to help people. And so after hitting my rock bottom and, and doing the work to heal as a person, and, you know, through a whole bunch of synchronicities, strange synchronicities, I actually went online one day. I sort of did three months at AA and realised that it wasn't actually for me. I didn't feel like I kind of fitted into the AA community. I went online to research other sober events in Melbourne and found one that a girl had set up called Rise Revolution. And I went along to the first ever Rise Revolution event and met this beautiful girl, Leanne, who introduced me to someone who had just finished the Beautiful You Life Coaching course. And it was just like, wham, that was it. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a life coach and I wanted to be able to kind of integrate my knowledge of sobriety with the coaching element and Mm. to create a program for women to help overcome drinking problems and all sorts of life coaching things. So that's where the, the coaching started. It's amazing. How, what, yeah. Can you just, I mean, what is life coaching? I hear the difference between a life coach and just like a best friend's great advice. Yeah. What's, yeah. <laughs> what's well, the so difference? First of all, coaching, you should never give advice as a life coach. That's oh. like coaching 101. Yeah. So coaching is really about listening so actively listening which means listening to what the client is saying and being able to explain back to them in your own words what you think they're saying so that they go okay yep you've got it and then it's about asking really precise and powerful questions to help the client uncover within themselves what they are actually trying to achieve and what they want to, what they need to do to grow. Right. Um, and so from asking those questions, you're digging deeper, you can set out some beautiful goals and the goals will be, you know, inspirational, achievable, something that kind of really invokes emotion within the client. And then we set strategies. And normally the coaching series will run over a three or a six month period, depending on how intense the goals are or, you know, how long we need to be able to achieve the goals. We set a bunch of strategies and actions and then we catch up every fortnight and we just dig really deep into those actions and and see how the client's going. And again, it's just that asking the right questions, getting clients to really think and feel for themselves because essentially we all know deep within us what's right and what's wrong. It's just a matter of being able to tap into that kind of soul voice and that essence within us and distinguish between our ego voice and our soul voice to know what is right for us as a person. Yeah. I've gotten real into like the subconscious mind ever since I got sober. I've been so fascinated by it because that's kind of how I got sober. And it's so interesting knowing that like everything you need to know is inside you. It's just a matter of getting to it and figuring out how to access that. I know. And I mean, the first step is to just stop thinking, right? So (laughs) we need to just stop our minds and just be able to go into our body and to 
feel and to just listen and wait and it comes to us it always comes it really does it's just allowing it that time to get to that place yeah this all like gives me a little bit of the heebie-jeebies I am I think I'm a bit different to Bianca who uh, I don't know She's probably more into it. I think if you'd asked Bianca and I a few years ago, it would have been reversed the other way around. But I don't know, all this like higher power, tap into yourself, blah, 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 just feels like, I don't know, there's a borderline religious. And so that gives me weird feelings because I grew up in a church and it just makes Mm. me feel quite uncomfortable. But it also sounds like hippy dippy bullshit. And I just like, Mm. I know that that's... I don't know. It's probably a bit too sceptical or something, but I don't know. I've No, I do think it is like I do quote unquote pray to to an infinite power, but the power is myself and the God is myself. Like it's, mm. yeah, it's, it's weird. I totally get, I get that. But I think it's, it's not religious in the fact that you're like appeasing a God. It's finding the power in you. So yeah. can you explain a- what you mean by higher power? It's a really hard concept to explain and I completely hear what you're saying around religion and I feel the same as you and I used to think the same as you and it wasn't until I began to practice a meditation essentially that I really discovered, holy shit. So when I close my eyes and I sit really still and I wait to kind of see the full darkness and it's just a feeling that you get when there's just silence in your mind and it's just kind of reverberation in your body. It's like a connection with yourself and in terms of it being like a higher power, I don't really know what, it's kind of different for everyone. I call it my higher power because I truly believe that there is a higher version of myself when I step away from my ego, when I step away from the thoughts in my mind and go into my body, there's a higher version of me who wants the best for me and who is going to guide me on the right path. And it's when I connect with that source that I really know, okay, this is the voice and this is what I need to be listening to. Does that make sense? It's a very hard concept to kind of, until you get into that regular practice. And that's why I really ask my clients at the start, we need to begin a daily practice. And what does a daily practice look like to you? And how is this going to work in with your life? And for some of my clients, it's literally a half an hour meditation session every morning. And normally around two weeks in, I'll get a message from them saying, holy shit, I get it. I get it now. I know what you mean. And it's just, you know, some of them, call it their source some of my clients call it their I call mine my goddess queen of the universe I I like that yeah yeah it's Um, so it's still you it's just like a higher version of you it's um it's not like some external thing no it's yourself okay well it could and this is I mean it could be some kind of like connection to the universe I guess essentially but I mean I yeah I, I just consider her to be my highest self your best self sort of thing my best self exactly and she is no matter what decision she makes versus my ego if I take the action that she kind of guides me to take I know that the best possible outcome will happen for me so it really I mean it's it's a kind of your intuition it's like really having confidence or something yeah so yeah Yeah. it is it is and and that's what it happens and you would have felt it through sobriety you suddenly do have so much more confidence and self-esteem and self-belief in Mm. yourself and you know rather than when you're drinking and you're in such a low vibrational state and you're feeling so anxious all the time and you don't really know right from wrong and what decision to make when you take the veil of alcohol away that kind of clears up all of that kind of mess 
and yeah, you can build that beautiful connection with yourself. So Lucy, can you just walk me through, because the idea of waking up every morning and lighting a candle and meditating sounds (laughs) incredible to me. Like that is, that I wish I could do that, but it also seems... Time consuming. Time consuming and difficult. Like, you know, I've got to, if I get up, then the pets want to get up and then they're just going to bark at me because they're hungry. And, you know, it's like, I can't do that. But what, what should I, how can I stop the stress of everything? Like what, what should I do? So what is something that you, Bianca, do every day now as it is? What's something that you do religiously without fail? Oh, I wake up and I make a coffee. I have okay, like a coffee. whole morning routine. Yeah. But okay. meditating is like Yeah. So I straight away brush okay. my teeth and then go downstairs so and get the pets fed. Okay. So that's your day. That's your routine. If you wanted to incorporate meditation into your routine, all you need to do is to just put it in there and then repeat it daily. So you're brushing your teeth and that just goes without saying. That's just subconsciously part of your daily routine. You're making your coffee, you're feeding your cats. It's just about building that extra step in and doing it over and over and over again until it becomes part of your everyday lifestyle. And that's all habits are, right? It's just continuing action and essentially at the start that can be, you know, it can be frustrating and it's not something that comes naturally. And for me with meditation, it didn't come naturally. But what I knew so clearly was that when I did it, I felt so good and I felt so kind of empowered that I really wanted to keep doing it. It's like the gym. It's like eating well. But it's does it have to be building. the very first thing? Like, is it? It absolutely doesn't. Oh, no, okay. Not at all. No. Okay, yeah. Because if I could feed the pets and get that out of the way, <laughs> then they'll be content and leave me alone for half an hour. But I thought it was sort of like get up straight away, do it. And I was like, that's just going to throw things out of whack. But what's the difference no. between meditation then and being an autopilot? I feel like that, you know, building it into your routine and stuff and habits – that sounds like you're going about those things being a robot. What's the difference between doing it in a way that's useful and doing it in a way that you're just moving your body and making your coffee and brushing but your teeth? But the thing is with meditation, it's like you're sitting down and you're quieting everything. It's not doing something like brushing your teeth where you are on autopilot. Like, yeah, you would go to meditate, but the whole point of meditation is to stop and everything is still. And that's, you can't really that's do that right. on autopilot. No, it's like saying, you know, you've got to go to the gym and do a spin class in the morning. Like you're not going to be doing that on autopilot. You're going to be doing it and you're going to be feeling amazing for it. And that's the same as meditation. It's just a part of Oh, so you're not saying meditate while you're doing these things? No. No, 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 no. no. I thought you were saying like (gasps) meditate while you're brushing your teeth. I'm like, how? How? No, 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 no. She's saying like, you know, if your routine is brush your teeth and then get out of the house, like just add in meditation between those things. That's what you meant, right, Lucy? Yeah. So I'm just trying to, yeah, building habits into your daily life and meditation. And it doesn't have to be a daily, it doesn't have to be a morning practice. What I would say to my clients is it needs to be a daily practice to start with. And you need to work out where that's going to work best for you because it's all about being flexible around your life. You don't want to be doing anything that's going to be throwing a spanner in the works and upsetting your day too much. Some of my clients will meditate just before bed and that's beautiful as well. And some of my clients will meditate for an hour and some of them will meditate for one minute and that's perfectly fine as well. Yeah, It's just building that into your daily practice. And when you do that over and over again, and it takes a couple of weeks to a month, that's when you start to build that connection with your higher self or that, you know, that, that source that I talked about earlier. But the thing is with meditating <laughs> is one of those things that I know if I just did it in the morning, cause I do do it some mornings. Like I have done it before and been like, Oh, I get so much more done. Like I'm so much better when I meditate and I want to do it. 
But it's also one of those things that if you can't get it straight away, you get really frustrated and you're like, I don't think I can meditate. I, it's not for me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how do I quiet in my mind if I'm trying to quieten it? All these thoughts come into my head and I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, it's a really tough thing to do. Meditation is not easy. It doesn't come to us naturally. It is really powerful if we can do it. Science has proven that it can reduce grey matter in your brain and neuroplasticity occurs when we're meditating. So it is a beneficial thing to do and you've got to work to get to the place of being able to do it without too much pain or, you know, so that it's easier to do. But in saying that, there are a whole bunch of different ways that you can meditate. You don't just have to sit in a meditation position and close your eyes. You can start by practicing mindfulness, which would be anything from like counting your steps when you walk or sitting outside and looking at a tree and watching the leaf kind of blow in the wind slightly or sitting down at the beach and just looking out to the ocean and just being mindful and being present and staying in the moment. They're also forms of meditation and mindfulness as well. Mm. So there's a whole bunch of things that you can look at when it comes to meditation. It doesn't need to just be that one sit down, close your eyes and quieten your mind kind of yeah. technique. That's what I yeah. think of when I think of meditating. I don't think of the mindfulness factor, but that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. If you're wearing a dress, please keep your knees together. Nobody wants to see that. Oh. So what do people come to you for? Yeah, what do they like need coaching coach, on? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. What type of things okay. do people need coaching yeah, for? Yeah, is it, is it like when you, your life has turned to shit and you're like, I really need help? Or is it the sort of thing that you do preemptively? Like, hey, I'm on top, but let's get even higher. <laughs> exactly. like, you know? That's a really good question. No, it is normally when your life has turned to shit in yeah. some way, shape or form. <laughs> yeah. um, so my clients will come to me. I have a whole different type of things that I can help my clients with, but I really niche into the sobriety space because I've got that kind of experience and that deep knowledge of sobriety. But I also help my clients with other things and issues going on in their life. One of them, I just finished with a client who was really trying to understand what direction to take her career in next. So she was faced with two different options and we really worked through uncovering what her sole purpose was because we get caught up in in life and we forget actually what are we here to do like what is our purpose on this earth what's going to make us so happy that we don't feel like we're working when we're doing it mm-hmm. yeah I help clients with understanding different ways to take their life when it comes to career I've recently helped a client kind of navigate her way through a marriage separation so yeah it can be sort of just anything that anyone needs help and guidance with to really understand the best way forward for kind them. of like when you're at a fork in the road and you don't know where to go it's absolutely yeah. yeah and does it work like sort of going to a psych like they book an appointment and they come in and they how do how, like what do you do what is yeah. the process first of all it's all online so all of my coaching is run via zoom which was great because coronavirus hit and then I've got all of these clients and nothing changed for me. (laughs) So the way that I offer my packages is in either a three or a six-month series. And the first session, it's like a 30-minute complimentary consult where we navigate what's going on. And sometimes the client will come kind of looking for help in a specific area and not realizing that actually there's this deeper issue going on that we can really tap into and kind Mm. of get a lot more out of. So we work out what the client is trying to achieve in that 30-minute consult. And then we move into the series where the first session is always around goal setting. So normally setting two to three goals for that period of time that we'll be working together. And then we catch up every fortnight for 60 to 90 minutes to go through each of the actions that were set the week before and then to set new actions for the following week. 
And are you like an actual coach that if someone doesn't do the job, you're like, all right, drop and give me 50 push-ups? Is that, <laughs> do you do that version of coaching? I try to really understand my clients so well that I can give them exactly what they need because different clients need different type of support. So some clients don't want to hear from me in between sessions. They just want to do their own thing and that's fine. Some clients need me to be keeping them accountable. So text messaging, it's normally done by text and email. I have had a couple of clients, especially in the sober space, who I have called randomly like on a Friday night, on like a high trigger night or after one of them had just been to a funeral. So just trying to let them know that I am actually always there for my clients, you know, within reason, not at two in the morning, but I'm there via email and I'm there to support them. And it's it's not just like every two weeks we catch up. It's the time in between. I'm also there for them. Yeah, it's a really kind of like a, yeah, it's a relationship. And as soon as you're not a human being, you're a human doing. Then what comes next? A human going. Can you coach us? Yeah. <laughs> Give us a little coach session. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to coach you. Who am I going to coach? Well, do you want to get coached or me? I mean, uh, you think that you don't need any help, <laughs> do you? No, I do need help, but. All right, we'll coach me. I'm, I'm more in touch with my higher power as it is. I'm not let's, in touch with any higher yeah. power. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, me well, let's then. go, Annie. Let's see what. Yeah. Okay. So tell me what's going on. For you right now in this moment Annie if you close your eyes what's happening for you inside your mind and your body if I close my eyes I'm like oh my god I've got so much to do why am I closing okay. my eyes I have okay. no time to be closing my eyes so you're about to launch a business there's yes. that yeah I'm about to launch a business and I've obviously got the podcast and I have two kids homesick and I've got one kid at school that I've got to go and pick up, blah, 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 blah. It's just, you know, my husband started his career to his second career. So he's very busy. And yeah, I've just got a lot going on, but that's pretty standard. I feel like I'm always kind of busy. Yeah. But the thing is, I think that's probably bothering me the most is that the business that I'm launching, I'm going into a field where I've got, I think I've got imposter syndrome. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So tell what imposter syndrome is for our listeners, just in case they're not aware. Well, the feeling that I'm an imposter because... <laughs> <laughs> Don't use the word in the definition. Shut up. <laughs> well, I just can't but stop feeling <laughs> that I'm, I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing because I'm not good enough to be doing it and that, uh, yeah. Well, I saw that pink okay. poodle, so I would have to disagree with yeah. you. But I, I mean, in my head, I'm going, okay, so obviously the field that I'm working in is pet grooming, like, and um, amazing. And I've really only been doing it for a really short amount of time. And everyone else, like that, goes alone. Probably works. Um, probably works in a shop for a, a lot longer, and then goes alone. Or I don't know. And the people that I'm comparing myself to are competition groomers. <laughs> so okay, and I shouldn't. Yeah. I shouldn't probably be doing that because they're much much better than me. And I feel like I'm. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I've just, I think, oh, Annie, you've got tickets on yourself if you think that you can 
But get, Annie, do what okay, you're but, doing. Like but, you're being so yeah. But some know. people don't have like the resources or the space to do it. That's one of the things that holds yeah. them back. It's not necessarily like skill, and you have the space. Yeah. So like that's one thing. Yeah. I feel. Oh, you know what? I'm not a life I, coach. I know. I feel, I'm not a life coach. <laughs> I feel really inadequate because it's like you know when you're writing, say, a website and whatever, and you've got to sell yourself and your services and things. I'm not very good at doing that, and so I often have to get like someone else to say what I should say. But I think that no, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like a with fraud that or something. Yeah, I totally yeah. I struggle with that as well. Yeah. So I'm hearing you say three sort of separate things here, Annie. The first one is you're feeling really quite overwhelmed at the moment. You've got a lot on your plate. And that's that's a really kind of triggering feeling to have in terms of, you know, not being able to connect with yourself and that soul voice. So if you're busy and you're constantly in action and you're not taking a minute to just breathe and recalibrate, yeah. you're going to be feeling stressed, right? And then the second thing that I'm hearing you say is you don't feel, well, you think that you don't feel that you, I guess, have an adequate or, you know, you haven't been in this industry long enough to kind of be up against the competition that you are up against. So you're feeling a little insecure and that's where you mentioned the imposter syndrome. And then the third thing I just heard you say is that you don't have the confidence to be able to sell yourself online yet. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm so bad with money too. I <laughs> Every time that someone will have a service from me, I'll like tell them the price. And my prices are like absolutely industry rates. There's nothing abnormal about them. They're just like flat normal rates that everyone charges in the industry. But I'll tell them the price and then I go, is that okay? Is that not okay? <laughs> oh, I'll give you a discount. Yeah. Actually, do you know what? This is free. Don't yeah, worry do, about it. You know what? It was so rude of me to ask. I can't believe <laughs> like, I would. Yeah. And, it, you know, I might have spent three hours doing it and I end up going, oh, don't worry about it. Like, I don't yeah. want to be I'm paid. It's fine. I'm not laughing You know that that's me. It's just like funny because that is exactly what you do. <laughs> but I do that too. You know, like people will be like, oh, can you, I'll pay you for this. And I'm like, no, no, don't worry. I'll do it. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, I need the money. <laughs> What am I doing? Yeah. I'm like, I mean, and where do you think dead. that comes from, Annie? Like, where do you think that that lack of confidence around pricing yourself correctly comes from? Uh, the patriarchy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe school. Okay. It's hard I to sell. It is hard to sell like yourself. That. I find it really difficult personally. Like, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I think selling yourself when you're new to any industry can be one of the most challenging parts of just moving into that new industry right because you're essentially saying this is what I'm worth this is what I believe I'm worth and if you haven't linked that self-belief with that price it's not going to feel right it's not going to feel connected so yeah are you I'm feeling like maybe there's like a lack of security around your business are you feeling confident about your offering yeah I feel totally confident that God, see, I can't even say it out loud because then I feel like I'm being arrogant. But I feel arrogant. Okay, I'm going to be so arrogant. I feel like I'm really good. I think that I'm really good. Oh my God, you are good. She's crawling into a ball right now. She's so uncomfortable. If I was someone coming to me for the service, I would be happy. But I think that I... I sort of grew up where the best thing that you could be was humble. I I just, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. was like my childhood. It's a country attitude. It's a Catholic attitude. It's a, you know, just everything. It was always, you have to be humble and like serving to people. And then to feel like I have to charge that 
like put a price on that rather than just do it because like, oh, you know, I'm doing this out of the goodness of my heart. Like sometimes I try and reframe the thinking and I think, all right, well, I need to put a price on this because like I need to feed my kids (laughs) and then I can sometimes like I can get my head around it, but I just feel really uncomfortable with money. Like I'm really bad. So does humble mean kind of valuing yourself lower? Is that where, is that what humble means to you? Yeah, probably. Oh, not, not in terms necess- of price and positioning. Do you kind of feel com- more comfortable to position yourself lower than your competitors, price-wise, and also offering? I know my service shouldn't be lower, but I feel that it's not even that it should be lower. It's almost like it should be free. <laughs> like that's that's kind of my is it, attitude. Is it just because it's new that you're like, who yeah. am I? Yeah, exactly. Who am I to come in here and think that I can do what I'm doing? And, and mm. yeah. But what know. you've also said to me is that you think you're really good at what you do. And that's not your ego talking. That is your truth because that's came to you so naturally. And you know that's your truth because it is the truth. You are really good at what you do. Does mm. that resonate with you? Yeah, it does. Okay. I think, yeah. So then for someone who's really good at what they do, does it make sense that they can't position and price themselves correctly? Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. I think most people that know if that, if, yeah, I don't think it really is compatible, is it? If you can, no. if you know you're good, then you should probably <laughs> make money doing it. But I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I, you know, when you said to me, I'm really good at what I do. That that's a beautiful thing to say. And you should really feel so proud of yourself for being able to say that. Because that's your truth and you know deep within you that that is the truth. You are really good at what you do. So you need to own that mm. and kind of honor that. Like this is your gift that you're giving people. Yeah, but not- see the, the my brain works in if you've got a gift then you should give it to people. You're not Jesus, not- okay? <laughs> You don't have to be walking around turning water into wine for people and being like, oh, that's on the house. Like, no, yeah. you charge. Yeah, but so some, why do you have know. to give it to people? Can you explain that to me? Why should you not be able to build a career around helping people and also supporting your family and doing really well out of it? I don't know. I think my brain is programmed to think that you should do things for other people foremost before mm-hmm. like maybe yourself sounds like communism to me mm. yeah well that, that <laughs> probably it does align with me <laughs> Bianca you know how do you know what capitalism doesn't really work for me at all so yeah I think that what you think is that like money is bad yes yeah that's what I, it is yes yeah exactly I think that money is bad but the thing totally. is, we, you need money. Like I know. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I, I, you know what? Bianca's just hit it on the head. I think money is bad and I'm I'm quite reckless. Not reckless with money, but I, I'm like, oh, you need it. There you go. You have it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. For example, okay. this is how bad Annie is with money. I was like, oh, I have to pay you back for this thing that was like 170 bucks. And she's like, don't worry about it. I'm like, okay. 
but worry about it because that's you not a Miley ticket yeah, for the concert like, that she canceled. Yeah, Miley canceled a concert and I was like, I'll give you the money back. And Annie's like, nah, don't worry about it. I'm like, but why would I not worry about that? Like, I just, I don't know why. It's it's almost like she's like, no, I don't want to ask you for her own money back. It just doesn't make any sense. Sort of like this, this thing of being like, no, 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 no. I don't want to take from you, but it's like, it's not taking from me. It's your money. I know. Yeah. So what do you think, Annie, that you could do now? Let's say if you set yourself an action for this week over the next week to start to reframe your relationship with money and start to kind of realize its importance and the necessity that it plays or this necessary role it plays in your life. I don't know. I have no idea. What can I do? Okay. okay. <laughs> Wait, how will you coach me? <laughs> well, what do you think would be a good start? If you think about your situation at the moment, you're going into business, you've said you've got, you know, your three kids, you're super busy. What do you think would be a good start? Have you put a budget in place Ugh. for your family? No. And do you know what? I don't, I try and ignore looking at my bank accounts. Oh my God, same. Oh, if okay. I don't look at it, it's it not. It doesn't exist. There's money there. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I do this thing like constantly when I go to pay for things at the supermarket, I'm like, oh, this card might decline. And then I'm like, oh, it's just, you know, I haven't transferred money, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's honestly because I don't know how much is in it because I don't look. Yeah. I, okay. I just can't even address it. Sure. And so do you see why this might be an issue then if you can't even take a look and kind of start to go there into that place, why this might be coming up for you now around this kind of dislike of money and therefore not being able to value and price yourself correctly? Yeah. Yeah. I can see so that it's really like unhealthy. I'm feeling like, you know, you just see dollar signs. You don't actually sit down and think about, okay, well, this is how much money I need to be making. You need to be starting to really think strategically about your finances and your budget to then feel confident about saying, yeah, this is how much it's worth and this is how much I'm going to price myself at. Yeah. I do still think, though, that in my head – the concept of money and putting a price on things sits really uncomfortably with me. I feel like what you do is valued at that and what I do is valued at that and I just feel bad. I feel bad Mm. that I think that I'm worth – like even though it's industry rates, like it's nothing fancy, I just feel really uncomfortable. I don't know. You go, Bianca. (laughs) So even when you're kind of doing your online research and you're looking at your competitors, and this is where you talked Mm. about the imposter syndrome before, are you thinking, God, they're so much better than me. They can price, but I can't, even though. No, it's not necessarily that. It's not that they can price and I can't. It's that they've been in the industry for like a lot longer and they've like dedicated their lives to it. And I'm Mm. just, you know, come in here thinking I'm oh, good enough. Hot, do- top dog over here. Yeah. yeah. So like, what get, makes you think put, that you need to be in the industry for so long to be good at what you do? What makes you think that's a truth? Well, they've like served their time sort of thing. <laughs> I don't right. know. Okay. Yeah. They've served their time. So do you think, say, an amazing new singer who's just hit the market, who's just got the most phenomenal voice and makes you cry when you listen to her voice for five minutes, deserves to not sell her concert tickets for the same price as someone who's been in the industry for 20 years? Um, well, Billie Eilish is doing pretty good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, would you pay the same to see Cher as you would Billie Eilish? 
Oh. To be honest, actually, I think shares tickets are cheaper than mm. like. I think they are. Yeah, I think they are cheaper. I don't know why the major people that you would be like, oh my god, I could never afford to see them are usually cheaper. Yeah, probably because they've done a lot more concerts. And people have had the opportunity to see them. And, and I don't I'm share, bitch. Like, she can do whatever she wants. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. But do you and, see where I'm yeah. going? Like, so why would you draw that connection? There doesn't need to be a connection there. You need to know the value of your service and offering and be able to confidently price it because you know you're really good. And that's all that matters. <sighs> yeah. I think this is the reason as well why we don't haven't advertised because – yeah. on our podcast because it's the same thing of being like you know we have good <laughs> analytics and stuff and yeah we look it, at our numbers and we discuss our numbers with other people and they're like what the hell yeah like what the fuck why are what you, the fuck why are you, are you advertising and we're like oh but you know like mm, oh we don't want to sell out yeah. and we don't want to do this and then I, there's not a podcast I listen to that doesn't advertise I don't know Every what we're doing it's just up. I don't know why but it's so hard to then be like oh now nah, they I just go now nah, they wouldn't want to they wouldn't want to advertise no, with us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they, they, no, and you've literally teamed up with the worst person possible. Yeah. Oh, God. So what you've said is that people want to advertise with you because yeah. they're saying that. Yeah. But then you're also saying, no, they wouldn't. So, I mean, this, <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. a huge kind of breakdown here in terms of like reality and yeah. self-doubt. I feel like you guys, and, and like you just said, you've, probably paired up you're both very similar it Mm. seems in terms of like having that doubt yeah I I think for me like I'm really bad at the business side of things like creating I can do editing I can do recording I can do all of that stuff is great but like the business side I have no idea and so when someone approaches me and says hey I want to work with Mm. you or we want to advertise with you even though I know that the content that I'm doing is good and I know that I am worth it I'm also then like well I don't have a brain for business so I'll just lowball it so that I don't have to go through them being like, oh, well, you think like that's not what we do in the industry because I don't know what you do in the industry. So I don't want to look like an idiot. So I'm just like, oh, well, I'll do it for this much. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like, but what's I d- the brain for business? Like, well, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, I don't know. You've got a brain. <laughs> hustle. I think it's hustle. I think we both don't. Yeah. And it's not, it's understanding how business works I mean I'll, and it's like, which is fucked up because I've been a secretary that- for over like 12 years I know what how fucking business works but I don't and know also, what I'm doing. do you think that's something that people have inherently within them or is it something that people can learn well I mean if you read the art of the deal you're not going to learn it but yeah I think some people I think I don't know <gasps> in I don't terms know. of what you're trying to achieve I would imagine you could easily pick up the, enough information to be able to be hustling in the right direction <laughs> yeah. and making smart decisions for the business. Yeah, I thought, oh, I'd better do a business course. Like, as if I need to amass <laughs> that much information. I just don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I think we just don't have the hustle in us, like other people, that are willing to maybe put themselves out there a little bit too, where mm. we have a – yeah – it all just seems okay. a bit too hard basket. Yeah, I do too hard basket, but oh, apparently it's not too hard to completely produce a podcast for several mm. years for fucking free. Like, not an issue what, at no. all. Yeah. Oh, you that's that not from too me. hard. I can, I can do that, yeah. So and where do you think the breakdown is here? Because what you're, what you're saying is you can actually, you've got it in you. You've done, you do so much work as it is. What's missing to kind of get you to that next step that you're trying to get to? I I don't know, coach. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What's do wrong with that? 
think it's like thinking kind of strategically a little bit more, maybe sitting down and putting a strategy into place. No, do you know what it is? This is what I think. I think that – What? I think that if we say to people, yes, you can advertise with us, right – that puts us on a level of being like a professional podcast. And then that requires mm-hmm. like, and I know, and I know this is so stupid because we already are committed to this fucking podcast, but it's like, if we're going to ask people to pay money with us, then we have to make the quality good enough. But like, I know the quality is good enough. And it's just like, if, if we ask people to advertise with us, then we have to well, it's really acknowledging that our podcast is good too. That's like what it I is, have yeah. comfortable going. Like it's kind of like the dog grooming thing that I was saying before. Mm. If I look at it objectively, like I look at my groom next to someone else's groom, I'm like, yep, I'm doing pretty bloody good. And then if I look at our podcast, oh, not look, listen to our podcast and then compare it to other podcasts, I'm like, no, we're doing pretty good. We're, that is comparable. That is certainly on the level – but then I can't go further than that. I feel like, okay, well, that might be objectively, but like emotionally, no, like mm, I'm not that good. Yeah. I can't, I can't be that good. Mm, it's a self-doubt. And do you think like going back to that whole soul, soul voice that we were talking about before, do you think that that's true? If you really sit and think for a minute, is there really a reason to have any doubt whatsoever around no. either the dog grooming or the podcast? What you've just said to me about the podcast is it's actually a banging podcast. <laughs> you know it is. You're getting offered for advertising. You're doing so fucking well and the only thing that's holding you back is ourselves. Is yeah. And yourself. I think also for me though, it's it probably does go back to that. Well, the podcast is a service and I feel – Sometimes that we might give voices to issues that are really important and I feel like I should just be doing that. Like that's my service Mm -hmm. to living in the world that I want to live in. And so, again, I find that really hard to put a price on. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to your roots around being humble, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there might be some work that you need to do in that space that – is going to kind of break down those walls that you have and that kind of connection between what does humble mean to you? And maybe it's, maybe it's not about money and it's probably just programmed in your subconscious to tell you that it is about money, but maybe it's not. I look at Bianca and, you know, Bianca will do Instagram stories and then I'll play them back right in front of her and she just laughs. She's like, oh yeah, look how good I am. Like, I'm pretty good, aren't I? I'm like, yeah. You are. I will put up an Instagram story and I'll just go, you fucking idiot. Why are you doing that? You are a loser. (laughs) Take it down. Why do you think that anyone wants to see your stupid head? That's so sad. Like, God. And so now I've, like, got to the point where I can't really even do them. But uh, I don't know. I think, God, that's so not humble. But then it's so funny because I'll look at – that word, humble. Yeah. But then I'll look at Bianca and I think she is amazing and – she really offers something to people because she's so uplifting and brightens their day. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, so it's weird because to me I'm like, oh, well, that's not humble, even though I, like, I can't reframe my thinking. Okay, and that's the subconscious programming that you may need to dig a little yeah. deep with because what does that actually mean to you and where did this word humble and association with not being able to sell yourself and be proud of yourself, 
where did that connect? Do you know what I mean? It's and like a shame go- thing almost. It's like yeah. shame. It's shameful yeah. to have pride in yourself. Yes. Absolutely. And then something else I just wanted to mention was before you talked about like looking at competitors and I find a really good tool for rather than feeling kind of like, oh, I wish that I was there. I can't get to where they are. I'm sort of jealous. When you feel those feelings of jealousy and insecurity and wanting to be more like someone else, you know that you're on the right path and that's a sign to you that you just need to keep taking steps in that direction because that's signaling this is what you want to be doing. So it's actually a really positive thing. And you can actually set them as kind of, Lacey Phillips has an amazing manifestation program, but she talks about them as being your expanders. So rather than being people that you feel intimidated by or jealous of, these are your expanders. These are the people that are going to help elevate you to the next level that you want to get to. Yeah, Yeah. I'm practicing that as in if I get jealous of someone I just instead of condemning them I'm like oh my god I wish them every success and I want them to be really good because them being good opens the door for me to be good and like just doing that and catching that thought has like helped me so much because instead of closing in on myself and being like you're not as good as them you're not as funny as them you're never going to be that person then Mm. it actually is just like no like I love that they're doing that because I also want to do that and I'll get there too one day too. See, I don't really have that many feelings of jealousy. I'm more like, yeah, they're so good. They're so much Mm. better than me. I'm so happy for them. I can't really put it. Yeah. So what might be really good for you is to just, do do you journal, Annie? No. We did a whole podcast on journaling and it was so helpful. Bianca's so good at it. Okay, so maybe this is what you need to do is that you just need to tap into that kind of subconscious programming around that word humble. I think that's a big trigger word for you. And I feel like once you kind of go there and start to just think about it and then write about it and try and understand what that means for you, I think you're going to have some breakthrough. Yeah, all right. I'm going to do that. Yeah, I actually think that's a good idea. I think that is a good idea. You need to meditate in the morning as well with a candle because <laughs> I'm, I'm so into that. I did used to light a candle every day. After my brother died, I used to light a candle and it was really, yeah, really therapeutic actually. Oh, I love candles. Yeah. That's the thing. Ever since I turned 30, that's become my, that's what I indulge in. Oh, I'm going to buy a candle. I'm going to go get a $50 candle because I, just because I can, like that's what I really enjoy is a candle. That's so good. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been so intense, Lucy. <laughs> like, I, I honestly have I like lost my mind. I actually don't even, I forgot we were recording a podcast. I have just been so deep into this that I forgot we were even recording. I feel somewhat triggered. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I hope we've been able to kind of get somewhere today and I think, I think the budget element is going to be a, a big key for you as well, Annie. But again, it's that whole humble word. So how can you tap into that and really try to um, reprogram that subconscious thinking around that word? I think I'm going to have to book in a session. Yeah, I think you're going to have to become my yeah. life coach at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it's like therapy, but more than well, it's like it's yeah. more goals, isn't it? Trying yeah. to like you've it's got definitely yeah. about being in action. Yeah, it's, it's a verb. Yeah, yeah, life coaching is verbal. It's a verb. It's a verb. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm hilarious, beautiful, talented, and humble. Lucy, thank you so much for letting us 
you know, have a bit of life coaching. I've a certainly little taster. I'll just a little thank teaser. Thank you for having me, girls. I've had yeah. Thank you so much. I feel honoured. I'm very oh, grateful. I'm so grateful. I think this has been quite a turnaround episode for Annie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens next. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, really grateful. <laughs> I am like a little bit emotionally drained, but I am so drained. I, I'm drained, but <gasps> full. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Mm. Oh man, I just blacked out there for a minute. I don't, I don't even know what happened. I honestly just like forgot what was going on, and you were like deep inside me, and then you've come out. But and just, I and I've just come too. I'm I'm just so happy that I put on really good deodorant this morning because I feel like I was like perspirating. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Thank Lucy. Thanks, girls. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of We Want to Be Better. We are actually about to go on a little mid-season break, so we won't be here for the next couple of weeks. Mid-year, actually. Like, can you believe that we're already halfway through this year and we've barely left our house? That's, yeah, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, after all that life coaching, you just throw us back down to the ground. <laughs> oh, thanks, Annie. Uh, just a reminder, you can check out Thriverless Sobriety. The link is in the show notes. You can use our 10% code, which is WW2BB. Also, because we're so bad at getting money ourselves, <laughs> you can support us at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Annie and Bianca. Thank you so much to the people that have already contributed. Oh I cannot gosh. believe people are doing like again. I, what? I'm just blown away by the support of our listeners. Thank yeah. you so, so really much. Lovely. We're really happy to have you. We'll see you back in a couple of weeks. Yes. I'm so excited for what we've got coming up. Yay. Can't, well, yeah. You say that like we've got so much planned. We do. Oh. I have stuff. Oh. Well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, life coaching's already coming <laughs> to effect, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.